As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. I have the distinct pleasure today to be here with the leader of the Jersey and Heels podcast, a great uh, friend, Haley Hunt. Haley, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. So Haley and I have had the opportunity to get to know one another for many years. Our families are dear friends, and it was awesome to learn that you were going to be in town this week and could check out our new studio and to have you here to hear about what all you're doing and to share with our listeners this cool journey that you've been on here in this thing called so-called life. (laughs) and joining us as we kind of go through our journey of helping people think about their success in relationships, work, community, and life. And I think, again, your family has been one that puts all four of those things together. Wow. Right? And looks at ways not just to succeed in the work that you're doing, but really the calling that you have and the greater impact you can have in life. So can you share a little bit with us, share with our listeners about your podcast (laughs) and this journey that you're on? (laughs) Well, um, you can stop me whenever I'm going off on a tangent because I'm getting really excited to talk about it. So I grew up an Alabama football fan. My dad played for Coach Bear Bryant, obviously a college football legend. And I was the little girl when I was younger that knew the only way to really connect with my dad. He was a dad of daughters, but he wasn't a great communicator. He wasn't very emotional. And so he loved football, was a football coach. And I knew that one of the great ways to connect with my dad is to know the game of football. So I learned it. I was the little girl from Remember the Titans. And so um, I knew all the plays and all that stuff. And so when I got older, I have a story and realized that there were a lot of women that did not know the game of football. They cheered, but their men cheered, whatever, but they could not tell you some of the important and obvious details of a football game or the game of football. So I started this thing called jerseys and heels on YouTube, where I would teach girls different positions of vocabulary, all of that. And then because of the access that I had, I started bringing on NFL football players and introducing them, talking about wide receivers, linebackers, all those fun things. And then about a year and a half ago, I just decided that I think that I needed to take this to a whole new level and not just teaching about the game of football, but also introducing some of these guys and the women behind these guys, unveiling the life behind the jersey, the life off the field, because I think so many people have a misconception about pro athletes. In our country right now, the racial divide just situations in our country with women power and all these things that could be a huge distraction. I wanted to contribute to it the way that I knew how to. And the way I knew how was to use my access and invite these guys to my light and my platform. And so I started Jerseys and Heels, the podcast, which is kind of turning into this show on YouTube. And my latest guest, Chad Johnson, is a great example of why 
it's so powerful because so many people have been like, thank you for interviewing him because I had this conception or you know, misconception of him. And um, we even talk about on the podcast, ESPN used to be his voice because there was no Twitter, there was no Instagram, there was no nothing. And now the power of social media, we all know <laughs> if you follow chat on Twitter, you know who he is, you know what he's passionate about. But even then, you don't really get to know the new real guy. So Jerseys and Heels is a incredibly entertaining and fascinating podcast because, and I don't just do football. We have soccer players and golfers and guys like this summer, Ian Poulter and Wayne Lucas, the guy from Lexington. He's like the Tiger Woods of horse racing. We have so many cool guests coming up and it's just fascinating to really just open your eyes to get a new perspective on sports and what real life is for people that aren't like us. <laughs> Haley, to take the connections that you have and go run down this path clearly takes a lot of courage, right? So <laughs> if we have our listeners who are leading businesses, are leading community organizations, or thinking about doing something big with the resources and talents they have, was there fear that came in that kept you from doing this? How did you overcome that to put this into action? That's an awesome question. You know, one of the things that I am very careful of is taking advantage of the relationships that I have. And, you know, obviously you want to take advantage of the relationships that you have, but you also don't want to squander. And especially people that have money or some kind of status, whether it's celebrity or influence, to make them feel like you are using them or you're trying to use them as a stepping stone. But we've all been there before. So even some of these pro athletes, you know, they've had their football coaches or they had their break. And so a lot of times the people that you're afraid of asking are actually excited about helping you. But you do have to be courageous. And I think staying humble and grateful, and it's all about relationships. So I think that be brave and bold, but also stay humble and, and appreciative because it really does make a difference. You don't want to mess that relationship up, you know? And to your point that those individuals that you're talking to, regardless of the status level they've reached, they all have a story. Absolutely. They've all had struggles. They've all had things they've overcome. Totally. And it sounds like a lot of them, you're able to kind of bring their humanity back, uh -huh. right? And put them in a different light than many of us might see the personalities on a global stage. Totally. I think it becomes like my brand becomes a need now for celebrities. They're able to see the need for this in the NFL or pro sports and then being able to say, hey, please let me be on your podcast. I mean, one day, hopefully I'd have people asking to be on the podcast. You are exposing these people in such a bright, genuine light. I want to be a part of that. That's been one of the learnings for us, having done this now for over a year, that the genuine nature and that you're not reading about it, you're hearing the inflections, mm -hmm. you're getting to know individuals individually. Absolutely. And we have had people call. We've had CEOs call that says, I really want to tell my story. And for us, we try to interview people that we know, people whose story we understand, people who live out success in relationships, work, community, and life, even if that's not where they've always been. Right. But there are individuals that we've gotten to know through this venture just trying to say, yeah, I'd love to get to know you yeah. and hear your story and understand where you're at and how the angle that you take and the struggles you've overcome in life and the obstacles that you've reached over and to understand everybody has a story. Absolutely. So as you look more at the impact, 
is the effort still primarily targeted to the education piece that you started the whole Jersey and Heels brand with, or is it becoming as much about storytelling? That's a great question. I actually have not put so much focus on the teaching part. I think that's a huge element and it brings in a lot of women listeners because they do want to learn. But I think the more important part here is the relationship part with these athletes, creating relationship between the fan and the player. And the reason is, is because if Sally, Sally, if you're listening and your husband is a football freak, and this is just an example, and you know that number 44 for the blah, blah, blah team has twins and one of the twins had leukemia or they adopted from China or they're homeschooling and they have an organic farm or their mom dealt with whatever it is. You don't even still care about the game. You are now connected to number 44. You'll sit down with your husband real quick and watch a game because you now are emotionally connected to these guys and you're actually educating your husband on the more important part, which is the guy behind the jersey that he's actually cheering for. Mm. So it's really cool. It's awesome. Obviously, I would love the 101 part to be a part of that, but we all know that this is breaking down walls and creating relationship for marriages and moms and their sons and daughters and their dads and all of these things. So yeah, definitely storytelling is the focus of jerseys and heels. That's awesome. That is <laughs> awesome. So share with us just, if you would, a few of your favorites so far. <laughs> Because right? okay. I've, I've been tuning in. From, I haven't listened to every episode, but yeah. most of them. Okay. So let's just start with the first podcast that I put out. And it was with John Brown. John Brown is actually the former kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals. He is the only African-American kicker in the NFL. There is a punter, but there is no place kicker. And his story really quick in five seconds is that he used to play soccer, went to IMG, played on the USA team. Like he represented the USA in college, went to Louisville, sat behind the best kicker in the nation. He switched to football, sat behind the best kicker in the nation, literally until his senior year, did not kick a field goal in college, did not. Pro day came. He's like, why would I even work out for these teams? Like, this is so stupid. Why would I even do that? But he had a dream to play in the NFL. So he went out there and he kicked on pro day and they called him the Bengals called him. I mean, obviously he's like, don't even look at my stats. It says zero, you know, field goal zero. And they called him. He is now in his fourth year in the NFL. He just got picked up by the 49ers. But the f- funny, interesting thing about John is that he sounds like a surfer when you're listening to him, like totally from California, but he's from Mississippi. He loves Gossip Girl. That's his one of his favorite shows and uh, Pretty Little Liars. He watches that with his little sisters, loves kombucha, does yoga, like Totally the non-football player type. If you saw him, you would not think that he just freaking rocks Pretty Little Liars and Gossip Girl. Guys, if you don't know what that is, it's just like a teen girl show on Netflix. So that's like his secret splurges and stuff. So, And then Brandon Marshall, receiver for a lot of teams. And now he's an activist for mental health. And I've known Brandon since I was 15. We have a really cool story. We went down to his gym and he kind of shared the story about how we met and how my reaching out to him and being bold, going back to being bold, really impacted his life. And now he's eating plant-based foods and he's running a gym and talking about health and that kind of thing. So the last one, one of the coolest ones is uh, Payson Park, where the GM for Payson Park. And if you Google the name Payson Park in South Florida, it's literally where the billionaires keep their horses. Mm. Sheiks and all these, if you own a 
Fortune 500 company. The queen of of England has there. I mean, literally. And so I'm sitting on the track on this white beach. Looks like a white beach, but it is a horse track. And it has been tested over and over again. It's top three, I think, tracks in the country. But we're talking to the GM and hearing these people who have their horses out there and just how serious it is. And horse racing is no joke. Like thoroughbreds and raising them and stuff. So, yeah, it's been really fun to interview some of these people. Haley, talk a little bit about the, or a lot about, yeah. um, the, again, I took a lot away from being bold with your relationship with Brandon Marshall uh-huh. and the faith component, Okay, like living faith forward. Yeah. What courage <laughs> is inside of you? You know, okay. you live so faith forward. Yeah. It's like you have a calling to go after some mm-hmm. hearts and people and, yeah. and to bring up Jesus and the power <laughs> of spirituality and Christianity and What encourages you to do that? You know, ever since I was five, I was the bold one in my family who was, my parents were from a very, very laid back Baptist, Presbyterian, but didn't even go to church kind of thing background. So they were not at all like passionate about their faith and they put me in a private school. And so I became really passionate about my faith. And I was the girl that was asking the cashier at the grocery store at six years old if she knew Jesus. And it was so embarrassing to my mom because she's like, oh my God. But I was like that my whole life. And I think it's because of the joy and the peace that I have in my heart. I can't help but not, I mean, if you're a vegan, okay, or if you drink something really amazing or you're an Alabama football fan and you win every year, you can't help but tell people why you are who you are or what you do. And so a lot of people, oh, working out, going to Orange Theory or CrossFit or whatever you do, you talk about it all the time because it makes you feel amazing. And so I think for me and my faith, like how do I not talk about what it is that has given me peace and a hope and a joy? I can't help it. And so it literally spews out of me. And for those of you who struggle in that, because I get this question a lot and we're not all outgoing and but I promise you, there's a lot of laid back people that go crazy at a football game. So it's not really a personality thing. It's a passion thing. And if you are wanting to be a little bit more bold, go ahead and just, if you believe in God and have faith, ask God to give you the boldness because he will. But really, it's just spewing out of me. So I can't really help it. So with Brandon is a great example. You know, we were 15, 16, 17, and I heard about this kid. He was at a basketball tournament at my high school. And I heard that he just had kind of a rough childhood, a rough life. And I wrote him a letter and I just wanted him to know that his faith and God's got him and he, he's he got the peace that Brandon may need and all the stuff. And that's what started it. I started writing him Bible verses and he still to this day, he said, has these Bible verses around his house. I mean, there is power in that. And that's why I stand so boldly. Everybody else stands boldly for all these kinds of things. So I'm standing boldly for what I know. And whether you believe in it or not, it doesn't really matter because it is true to me. So that's definitely gives me the boldness to the bravery. And that example with Brandon. So you heard about this player who had a rough life. My guess is he was a gifted basketball player. Absolutely. But you knew the things, you had heard the stories that Mm -hmm. he was struggling with and you just felt in your heart compelled to know that he was loved. Yeah. So he went to a different high school. I didn't even go to his high school. And one day I was in English class and I was like, you know what? I don't remember that guy's last name. All I knew was his name was Brandon and he played on the basketball team. And I knew what high school he went to. Wrote him a letter of just encouragement and drove to his high school right after school. And I was going to literally take it to the front 
desk and be like front office and say, hey, can you give this to Brandon, the guy that plays basketball? (laughs) And right when I pulled up to his school, there's this tall black kid that was walking out in the parking lot. And I'm going, oh my God, could you imagine if that was the guy, you know? And so I was so embarrassed. I didn't even remember what he looked like. And I literally drove by him and I said, this sounds so embarrassing, so crazy, but are you Brandon? And he said, yes. And I go, the one that won the slam dunk contest, like a couple of weeks ago at this tournament. And he said, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so weird. And he obviously he was thinking what a weirdo, but guys put yourself out there. I mean, I've learned all my life. It is worth the risk seriously. Cause ever since then it was a friendship that still to this day, 15 years later is thriving and impacted his life so deeply mm. that He's brought me to Pennsylvania where they, or Pittsburgh, where they did a 30 for 30 on him or an E60 on him. I mean, I was a part of that. And Mm. it's because of the boldness that I have. So you never know taking that step of faith, what's that going to get you? And not just in faith, guys, in business and all of these things, taking a risk. I mean, risking something big time most of the time it works out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love your point that we sometimes blame it on our personalities But if you're passionate about things and if you're one who comes to life with a sporting event or a game or some type of festivity or competition and all of a sudden like, oh, well, you light up when you do this, Mm -hmm. you need to leverage that and be bold in something that you're passionate about and you know has made you better and just owning who you are. I mean, you meet a lot of these business men and women who run these huge companies. And they're not always the most outgoing, most crazy passionate or organized. I mean, they're very laid back people. So they could have blamed it on their personality. "Eh, I'm not really like that. But no, it's they knew that there was a passion. And so definitely don't use your personality as a reason not to take a risk. Yeah. So you've also had the opportunity to Mm -hmm. speak outwardly about decisions in your life that have created pain that you've come out with and been very open with that for all of us who know you, I mean, I certainly didn't know some of the struggles that you dealt with early in life and that you, again, have used that as a megaphone Mm -hmm. to rally, to bring people together, to, can you share a little bit about that with our listeners? Yeah. So uh, about two years ago, I had a friend from high school call me randomly And she worked for an organization, an incredible organization called Save the Storks, and they actually are pro-family. They are a pro-women, pro-baby, pro-love organization. So obviously they prefer the women in crisis pregnancy to choose life. And so the way that they help these women is to give them an option by connecting them with Pregnancy Resource Center. So what they do is they take Mercedes-Benz Sprinter vehicles that are like these big, huge vans. They put ultrasound and technology inside the van and they drive them to different places where these women in crisis pregnancy may be. And they invite these girls onto the bus. And a lot of the girls that are contemplating getting an abortion or not step onto the bus. They have these ultrasounds and four out of five girls that get an ultrasound and hear the heartbeat of the baby end up choosing life. And so there's a counselor on board. And even when the girl, that one out of the five choose to go ahead and finish the appointment, there are loving arms because the girl that has the abortion is still going to need love and support because we've all been there and we've all done things in our life that we are broken over, you know? So 
she asked me to speak for this incredible organization. And I just told her, I was like, you know, I really appreciate you calling me, but I can't speak for you. And she said, why? And I said, because 12 years ago, I'm telling you something that nobody even knows, but 12 years ago, I got into a relationship that I shouldn't have been in. The guy was very pushy and abusive and we were physical and I ended up getting pregnant and I ended up getting an abortion. And I am the Christian girl that couldn't let anyone know because I was the perfect girl that everyone looked up to. So I had this facade that I had to protect and I lived in shame for 12 years. So I also didn't want to get into a situation where I would be on a podcast or a national radio show telling my story. And I knew that's what was happening in my life is it was kind of like God was pulling me out of the dark. And so I also was embarrassed because two years before that, I went through a divorce. I was married to a guy for six years and he actually played for the Cincinnati Bengals. And that's how I got to meet you guys in the first place because I actually lived in Cincinnati 10 years ago. Isn't that crazy? And there was a lot of betrayal and brokenness, but I had to move forward after six years of marriage. I was not in a good situation. And so I was already embarrassed and living in shame from divorce. Like who wants to be divorced, you know, at 30 years old. And then now I'm going to be confessing that I had an abortion. So what guy, what is going to be my options for future marriage telling everybody that I am pretty much scum, you know, I'm divorced and had an abortion. I, that was like the worst thing ever. So my fear was just, I can't even explain to you. It was paralyzing. I didn't want to tell anybody my story, but let me tell you guys something. I knew in my heart, it was the thing that I was supposed to do. And I ended up being put on a tour or a few tours with some Christian artists, like singers and songwriters and Christian hip hop artists and stuff. The bizarre side note is, if you don't know me, I'm a singer songwriter. I've been pursuing music since I was 15. I had record deals. I've been in the music world for forever. I still am. But I'm on this tour with these artists, but I'm not getting to right in the middle of these sets. I'm going out on stage with a microphone, but guess what? I don't get to blow them away with my vocals. I have to freaking tell my story about what I've been through and the shame that I lived in and confessing that over and over again every night of the tour. And it's bizarre because I always wanted to go on tour, but not to tell the story. But let me tell you something, the impact that my story made on people and the stories that I heard and the people that guys from the White House to Sacramento, California, from New York City to Birmingham, Alabama, I have had people of influence, people from the White House, famous people, pastors, wives. You wouldn't even imagine people that are living in shame right now from whatever it is, whether it's abortion or or money laundering or cheating on your taxes, cheating on your wife. I don't know what it is, but I know that there's forgiveness and I am free from that today. I've actually accepted God's forgiveness for me. And then I've been able to also, I mean, I know you can't see me right now, but when I walk out on stage, most people think I have it all together. Like, wow, she's got it going on, you know? And really inside, I felt like I don't have anything going on. I'm broken and hurting. But through telling my story and letting my guard down and not being so prideful and caring what everyone thinks of me, 
has not only set me free, but has set other people free. So it's been really amazing. One person in particular that actually we've become very close friends. She's like my grandma, Alveda King, who is Martin Luther King's niece. You know, she's, you see her on Fox News and all of that. She had an abortion and she had the same story. And we've been able to connect over that. And it's created relationships, like amazing relationships with influential people that I would have never had if I would have never been bold enough to humble myself and think maybe I'm not the only person that's going through something mm-hmm. like this, you know? Yeah. Haley, thank you so much for sharing that. And with all of us and with boldness, I think the comment that you just made around, there's a lot of people living in isolation for whatever reason. And when you're in that isolation, you do feel like it's only you, right? Yeah. And reaching out to individuals and helping people. I don't know. That organization, Save the Stork, said they reach out to you because they knew your story? No, they didn't. No one knew the story. They reached out to me because they thought I'd be a great speaker. Like, because she was a friend of mine from high school and she knew my personality and she knew that I know a girl. You can motivate an audience. Yeah, exactly. That was the reason they called. They had no idea that I actually had my own story, which is so bizarre. By the way, one out of three women sitting in a church, I mean, let just period. But for all you religious folks out there grinding your teeth right now, one in three women sitting in a church right now in America are post-abortive. So there's a lot more people that you think you have no idea are living in shame, but you would be very surprised how many people need the freedom from that. Hmm. I bet some listeners right now, you know, you never wow. know. Hmm. So, wow. and even men that have been in relationships, I had a man, he was probably 65. I'm not exaggerating. Say, 30, 40 years ago, my girlfriend had an abortion and I've never forgiven myself from that. 40 Mm. years of living in shame from a random stranger man. So I know there's people, more people than we can imagine living in that. Yeah. When we talk about, for our listeners, I know you're thinking, I thought I'm listening to the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. When we talk about helping people succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, the relationships and work if those areas are broken or there's individuals feeling, you know, I had a relationship of mine in the last year who was a CEO, kill himself, mm. committed suicide. And if that individual knew how many of us were right here, you know, a lot of us didn't know what was going on. And we all felt fairly close to this person, an incredibly gifted individual who was living in such isolation and depression and fear and concern that he took his own life and being able to hopefully encourage a listener today that you may go, hey, I came here because I was going to learn about jerseys and heels. And I was listening again. This is the greater purpose. I'm hoping that there's someone listening today that can say, wow, you know, I'm going to share this boldly and not live in shame and be able to accept forgiveness. Right, not just ask for forgiveness, but accept forgiveness because forgiveness is there, and it certainly, as you mentioned, your testimony is greater than you'll ever know. Absolutely. Well, and I think like even for business leaders on a leadership team, business owners and stuff, being able to be a little bit more vulnerable with even your closest team and letting them know the insecurities that you have. And maybe some people look at that as a weakness, but I think as a leader, you being able to be open and honest about things that you've struggled with really help people understand that 
wow, look what my boss, look what my business partner has come through and the success that they have now, you know, accomplished, but all the things that they've gone through. I think people are trying to pretend to be perfect, but there's no power in that. Yeah. Yeah. When we look at the values that TMI stands on, we talk boldly about that life matters, right? It's not what the workplace can get out of our lives. It's that our lives matter and we matter and our relationships matter. And if we can really encourage people to recognize that, right? That I ask often on our podcast episodes around, do you have 3 a.m. friends, right? When things happen, when you're feeling, do you have people you can pick up the phone? I recently was talking to an executive and he shared, I can think of two to three people, but I haven't talked to those friends in a while, right? Because I'm so busy. We're all so busy, right? But life can pass you up and mistakes can happen and health issues can happen and depression can take over when we're too busy, right? So we've talked about faith. We've talked about the challenges that you've overcome and the boldness and the acceptance that you have, the forgiveness that you have accepted. I believe that a lot of this comes out in your vocals, <laughs> right? And that's one of the things that people get blown away by is wow, that, which my guess is that's also maybe why your friend reached out that like you have a gifted voice, right? With singing and with speaking, with public speaking and this confidence. Can you share a little bit about, does that, when you step on stage or you step in the middle of a football field to sing a national anthem, like it's Soldier Field or others, <laughs> how do you overcome any, do you have nervousness? Is it just a place <laughs> that you love being? Having 40,000 people in silence in a football stadium? I mean, let's just start off by saying the national anthem, they say, is the hardest song to sing a cappella, like vocally and the lows and the highs. But then also to do it in a stadium on a microphone with like a 0.5 second reverb, reverb, you know, it's, (laughs) it's crazy, like an echo. That's a lot too. But I do get nervous. I get nervous a couple hours before the game up until about two seconds before I walk out on the field. And then I don't have a choice but to not be nervous anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand for the national anthem. And today singing the national anthem, Haley Hunt. And then everybody's dead silent. And you just have to start singing. You hope that you start on the right note. (laughs) Not too high because you're going to crack your voice. And then you got to do it at a certain timing because there may be a flyover. You got to, and the land of the free, and then it flies over. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, then it flies. And the home of the brave. Okay, guys, if you're listening, horrible, horrible. We're in the studio, right? (laughs) But the timing, everything, a lot of pressure. But that's what I'm born for. I am born to use my gifts to bless others. And I have totally messed up the national anthem. I've had a few really bad ones. Guys, one time I was singing the national anthem at a Orlando Magic game. Now, if you're a basketball fan, you would know that the Orlando Magic's colors are bright royal blue, black and white. And right when I got off the court, this guy who was videoing comes up and goes, you are going to be so mad at yourself. And I was like, what? And he goes, what were you eating before the game, before the singing? And I was like, I was sucking on a cough drop. He's like, was it blue? Y'all, my tongue was bright blue. Like I was sucking on like a bright blue lollipop. It was so embarrassing. I've had some crazy stories like that. But I think that just knowing that it's my talent and whether I 
do well or I do horrible just to give it my all and just go out there, grit your teeth and kill it. I'm not consistent. I do have to say I'm not a consistent winner. I do depends on I think the more stress though I will tell you the more stress you have in your life the better you perform because mm. a lot of times when things don't go the perfect way I kill it I will slay it but when everything is perfect and I'm really calm beforehand and everything is just right and there's no stress I do okay or I'll end up messing up maybe not doing as well but when there's stress in your life and things that you don't think that are going to absolutely ruin your day I end up just doing the best I ever did. I think the stress does something to you. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of lessons learned in what you just shared around going out and doing the best every day, right? And just bringing your natural gifts and abilities and knowing that that's who I am. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm here and I'm going to deliver. I'll share just a personal story. And some of you maybe heard it in previous episodes or I was interviewed on the Sarah Brown Failing Forward podcast. And we were talking about like there was for many years, I was afraid to take opportunities that were brought to me and do something with them, right? So specifically being on a panel, moderating a panel, doing public speaking. And I was asked several years ago now to speak at my high school commencement. And my immediate response was, why in the world did they ask me? Like they really called my office to ask me that question. And after looking at that, I had a very spiritual reaction that, okay, I pray for opportunity. I pray for things great to happen. And I pray for impact, right? To create an impact on the world that's around me. But when it comes to me, I immediately discount it, right? So maybe... The Lord is leading me to opportunities, but I have to drink. I have to step to the plate. I've got to swing the bat. And I finally realized that that was really selfish. My high school thought enough of me to reach out and to ask. And what a selfish response if I'm not going to do that, because why in the world would they reach out to me? Right. And there's all of these students that the people who decided that they were going to reach out to me to ask the question new, like he can connect with this audience, right? So to your point, it gave me significant confidence to step up on stage knowing that the real reason why I'm there is because there's some child in that audience, there's some graduate in that audience who's going to hear my rally cry and say, I don't want to think small. I'm not going to allow others to make me play small. I'm not going to allow if I'm a troublemaker. It might just mean because I'm gifted and have a lot of energy and have a lot of excitement and zeal. But in high school, I'm labeled as a troublemaker, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And how do I be a difference maker? And how do I push forward? And ever since then, I've been saying yes to opportunity to get in front of people awesome. and to bring my gifting, right? To say, hey, forget. And I talked about this with on Failing Forward that the failure was it took me this long to figure that out, Mm -hmm. right? And the how many opportunities have I missed? And again, like you're missing a calling, right? So to all of those listening, like don't miss your calling, right? And Haley, in your case, you had things that were buried inside that have now changed lives and allows others to feel free and to 
using your gifting of standing up and even the encouragement for those who are sitting at a desk job or those who are active outside or those who are leading a company or leading a nonprofit or serving as a social worker or being an athlete, step into your strength and own it. Own who you are because that's what you were designed to be. Absolutely. Sometimes it's the little things that make a big difference. A post-it note and two minutes can make a huge difference in your workday. Find out more at talentmagnetinstitute.com slash post-it. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity Studios, and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine. And myself, your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success in leadership.